You're listening to She Starts Up, Season 2, Episode 25. Today I have a two-part episode for you that I think is going to be really fun and an exciting announcement, so let's not waste any more time. Let's start up. You're listening to She Starts Up, a podcast for ambitious businesswomen and modern working moms to learn strategies for starting their venture and family at the same time. Tech CEO and working mom Janine Sickmeyer will take you on a journey from building a business to surviving motherhood with four under four. Each week, Janine shares tips and interviews successful women to hear their journey so you can find balance and confidence to turn your startup ideas into reality. Here's your host, Janine Sickmeyer. Let's start up. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. I want to first start out by sharing a little personal news. And no, I am not pregnant again. I'm excited to announce that I made my first big angel investment this month. And now I'm a proud investor in Stagger, a three-person, all-female team building a product for brands to better identify who to sell to and how through visual storytelling on social media. Stagger studies a brand's creative through machine learning and helps them tell an effective story for all of their digital platforms. So one of the interesting things about how I made this investment was all about a single tweet. Joining me today on the podcast are two women on opposite sides of this startup story, Lolita Taub and Chrissy Cowdery. Lolita is a first-generation Latinx operator, angel investor, and VC pushing for diversity in tech. Lolita is full of knowledge and shares all of her secrets on Twitter to help founders connect with investors. It was her tweet that led to my investment. And also joining me is Chrissy Cowdery, the founder and CEO at Stagger. She has been building this product passionately heads down and only comes up for air to fundraise for her company. She caught Lolita's tweet and the rest is history. Listen in to hear how founders are using Twitter to raise capital for their company and how investors are meeting new startups and opportunities as a result. Let's get started. All right. Hi, Lolita. Thank you so much for having uh, for joining us today. Um, if you would, just go ahead and introduce yourself for our audience. Well, hi, Janine. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. My name is Lolita Taub, and I'm a first-generation Latinx operator and investor. And I'm really big on pushing for diversity in tech. So I am really excited to have you on. I've been following you for a long time now on Twitter, and I also um, subscribed to your newsletter a while back, and I'm getting so much value out of everything you're putting out from like a founder's perspective and a new angel perspective. So it's, it's amazing that you're able to kind of um, serve both markets, both sides of the market. And so I'd love to hear your story, like how you got into investing and, um, and what your professional story is. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a very long windy road type of story, but at the net of it, I've gone from enterprise tech corporate to startups, to VC, to now a hybrid of both being, um, on the investor side, as well as an operator end. Um, and really, you know, if, if I were to pick out what the the thread was between all of these things was honing in on what what my purpose is in life, why am I here and, and what I'm good at. And I actually got some help 
from an executive coach that that helped me di- you know whittle down what what is that um, magic sauce that that I have to offer to the world that others may not and for me that happens to be um, connecting people to resources and other people to achieve goals and and produce results for all and I think the for all part is really important to me because I really do believe in in having win-win situations. So when you were talking about finding value in my newsletter from both a, an angel perspective as well as a founder perspective, I love that. And that's exactly the kind of uh, connections that I want to make where the resources and people and stuff I put out there will be multi-purpose and, and, and be a resource to many that can then leverage those things to go and hit that next milestone, which I'm really excited to hear how you've leveraged some of my activity to make things happen, yes. which gets me all sorts of excited. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I certainly can't be the only one. I know that there is so much activity just watching um, watching what you're putting out on Twitter and like your positivity and your willingness to share um, all of these valuable resources. It's just so refreshing. I think um, watching how people react to it as well, they're, you know, these founders who might only have a couple of followers and I go and find them, follow them. Like I'm trying to also build my um, network and I'm finding that, you know, a lot of the people that are like connecting with you and communicating through um, your resources that you're sharing are passionate and like excited about you know, what they're building and what you're sharing. And it's just so cool. It's just like, it reminds me of what Twitter used to be. And, um, and now I'm seeing like this kind of, you know, excitement through what you're doing, but also with the underrepresented community, which is even more like important, um, than, you know, just like grow Twitter <laughs> back in the yeah. day. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I hear you with that. I mean, and, and that's, you know, the second part besides just honing in on my magic sauce, I think it's, it's so much about being mission and values aligned. Mm-hmm. And what I found with the community that I honestly, my, the Twitter family is, I literally think of <laughs> Twitter as yeah. the, the family that, that I'm there for. I'm like the older sister. That's like, Hey, here's some resources in a yeah. language that you're going to be able to understand. Because mm-hmm. it can get so, you know, not just bro but it can get too mm-hmm. academic, too niche. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this, these things are not that complicated. Yeah. Um, but at the core of it, what's super exciting for me is understanding that while there's a huge gap in, in terms of equality and, and just representation, I really believe in creating this world where technology is created and led by the diversity of our population. And to me, um, it's because of two reasons, really. One is because I don't think there's enough of it. And mm-hmm. we have an entire market that's waiting to be served, money to be made. Um, but beyond that, I want to see more of us being represented and having mm-hmm. that ability to see ourselves as the check writers, as the company builders, because we are completely able to do that. Um even though the VC stats may not show it um, in terms mm-hmm. of the VC check writers or, you know, the, the, the number of, of startups. But actually just yesterday I was, I was reading uh, Kaufman Fellows and um, Mac Ventures report and it shows literally that if you have diversity in the C-suite and in the founding teams, when founders and startups are able to raise, 
they're able to raise more. And in fact, also are able to, when, when, when you do see startups exit, exit with a higher multiple, which is really exciting stuff. So it goes to prove that money's being left on the table. Our people need representation, need the capital and need just the support. And I'm here for that. Yeah. I saw that, that you posted that and I read through and I was like, this is exactly what we're talking about. I loved it. Um, I loved, well, I mean, I did not love to see, you know, the breakdown of the executives. Um, but we knew, we knew that, um, we know that it's 80% white and, you know, the, the black and Latina that's, you know, that's around 2%, um, each. And I'm just like, that's, you know, it's too low. But what was interesting is seeing the, the, um, founding teams performing and the C-suites with mm-hmm. diversity performing so much better. And I was like, right? yeah, this is exactly what, what we need. Um, I'm so happy to see you doing it and being able to give other people this information because this isn't something that I guess, I, you know, that people are seeking out. And so see, like, they're not, they're not thinking about it um, as much as just like, you know, for VCs, I think that they're just looking for what startup, um, is kind of popular right now. And, um, you know, the FOMO and all of that. And so I think bringing more information, um, you know, giving more of a voice to the underrepresented community is, um, is so important. And I, I love that you're doing that. Um, so I, I'm also curious in your executive coaching. Um, I, also work with an executive coach. Um, I think it's amazing. It's so different than therapy and, um, which I also do, <laughs> but I love is, it. Because, I, th- I think everyone should have a therapist. So yeah. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but it's so different because I don't, you know, I don't get into the, the nitty gritty business stuff with my therapist, but with the executive coach, they're like getting into the nitty gritty of my like past. And I'm like, what is this? But I guess that's what that's all about, like making sure that your, um, you know, that your background can help you identify what your magic sauce is, like you're saying. Um, and I, I think that's so interesting. How long have you been, um, working with an executive coach and how, how's that, um, look for you? Like, yeah. So in terms of, I've had, I've had a couple of executive coaches in my life and one was, maybe a couple years into my, my working career. So it was my first job at IBM and I was a a sales executive and, and I just felt that, um, I was always the youngest and uh, obviously the only Latina Mm -hmm. in on the team. And so I, I felt like it was confidence boosting to have someone who was in my court, giving me feedback and helping me develop. And at the time when I first had an executive coach, I thought, can I even afford it? But now that I look back on it, honestly, it, it's more of a, can you afford not to invest in yourself? Because mm-hmm. it's the investing in yourself is, is the best kind of investment that you can make because mm-hmm. it's only when you're able to be the best version of yourself that you're able to produce better results and give to others in the way that feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, and also hopefully produces some money so that you can live the life you want to live. Um, the last coach that, that I've worked with, and, and I just closed up um, six months of working with him, um, it went really well. This time I was a lot more prepared than the first time. I had ideas in terms of exactly what I wanted to work through 
during my sessions and it was very focused. And what I loved about my, my executive coach was that he really challenged me. Uh, he listened to what I was looking for and, and where I wanted to go and challenged my thinking as well as help me elevate um, how I was approaching things, which to me, just to give you an example of what, what I mean by that is for a long time, it's been about doing. And he pointed out, Lolita, you've been successful up to this point because you have done a lot. You have worked really hard and that's worked for you. But if you want to unlock the next Lolita level, you've got to just be and I was just like, what does that even mean? Um, but, but, you know, and that started unlocking this conversation of what is your magic sauce? What do you lean into? Because that's the one thing that you're the best suited to give to the world. And I've been leaning into it and it's been turning into working on all sorts of things that are really fun for me. They do take time. Mm-hmm. So we'll say yeah. that. Uh, but I'm really enjoying and, and people seem to really resonate with, with them. And, and so I, I think there's a lot to be said about identifying your magic sauce and leaning into it because it's authentic to you. And I think more than ever, people are really hungry for authenticity. I completely agree. So I want to talk about all the things you're doing because now, um, you know, it sounds like, um, this kind of helped you figure out, um, what it is you're passionate about, what you love to do outside of work. And so, um, and, and I know that you have your newsletter and, um, a potential course that you are going to start. Um, I, I want to hear more about, um, all the things that you're working on right now. Yeah, sure. So, um, as both, I would say as, um, a champion for underestimated founders, a resource to underestimated founders as well as as an investor. So outside of uh, of Catalay, I wear several hats. I'm a scout for NDVC, a venture partner, and extend venture partners. I'm an LP for both uh, the Operators Collective as well as Portfolios Enterprise Fund, and I spend a lot of time um, working and supporting pre-seed and seed founders. Um, and as you mentioned, through the newsletter I put out, it's a bi-weekly newsletter where I aggregate highly curated content that I believe can be very helpful to both the check writer as well as the, the founder side of things. I think it's, it's a really yeah. interesting perspective to have both sides, as well as in, including some of the operator stuff. I know that folks are not as excited about actually the business building side mm-hmm. of it. They don't get as many likes or retweets as, as maybe a list of investors, yeah. uh, but it's really important to understand the dynamics of sales, for example, the, the yeah. bloodline of, of companies. Um, so I'm working on that. And then there's two other things that, that I'm working on. You mentioned I started working on a course and what ended up happening is I got this opportunity to lead the, this sales division in, in, at the Catalyte. And so I had to take a pause there. However, really good friend uh, of mine, Arlen Hamilton, was working simultaneously on a course. And I said, hey, I've done this research and I have a, re- a lot of uh, really good content started. Why don't we just partner and I'll support you with that? So she's, she's launched a fundraising from scratch course, which I completely recommend. And then beyond that, one other thing that I'm, I'm doing is I've just started a tool. It's called a, we, we actually, this doesn't really have a name, but it's an investor 
and yeah. startup matching tool that I started with my husband. And what it does, it basically takes the thesis of investors. And right now it's in the beta program. So it's a handful of trusted VCs. And, and then when founders um, submit their companies for my investment consideration, I'm also sharing that deal flow with these investors, but only when there's matches. And so far, we've had a couple of term sheets uh, go out. And so I'm hoping to hear shortly of, you know, of the first check yeah. written and this tool we just launched a couple of weeks ago. So it's really exciting. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. So there's like, there's a lot to unpack there, um, with everything that you're working on. And I was like, I saw, um, your tweet about, so, uh, some of the, your followers kind of dubbing you as Lolita as a service. And I was like, <laughs> that's so cute. But then also like, oh my gosh, how exhausting, like for you to feel like, you know, oh, I have to, you know, keep this up or like, so then I was like, oh my gosh, you're just working on so many things. Um, I know it sounds like really exciting. Um, and I'm wondering, are you, uh, you've got to get a Am team girl. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you've got, this is like so much work. Um, it you- is, it, it is. And so, and so honestly, so Janine, you're, you're a hundred percent right. And I'm, I am leveraging, um, technology to help me be more efficient, yeah. but I think you're spot on. And so for my newsletter, for example, I've just, uh, started a paid um, option for it because I am trying to very slowly mm-hmm. look, this is a lot of, of stuff I believe needs to be accessible and exist, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I am trying to not go crazy. Yeah. And so I've enabled a lot of my efficiency through forms, um, through mm-hmm. Calendly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, one of these days, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get that team going. Cause this whole waking up at five in the morning and working Oof. every single day is, is it's a little bit, a lot, but the heart yeah. is there and that's what keeps me going. Yeah, definitely. I can, I totally understand. I have that same kind of, um, I have my, you know, my full-time job, um, and, and then on nights and weekends, I turn into, yeah, the same kind of, you know, like passionate startup founder slash now, you know, angel that I'm working on all these type, the same type of stuff. You know, I want to like share all the resources that I've, I've put together over the Mm -hmm. years and how, as a founder, how I like went out raising and the struggles I've had. And so, yeah, you, you bring your experience and you're like, okay, from these points of view, people need, um, these resources and, and it's hard to gather. So I completely, I was like, man, I wish you were around when I was doing my raising because it was hard to gather all that information. I was using mm-hmm. reportive, um, to find information about investors and, you know, just like scrap, just being scrappy, doing everything you can, um, and putting together all these spreadsheets and, oh, it's just so much work. But I'm like, you have put together these like nice little packages of information and people can just kind of, I'm like, if anybody has additional questions, just look at your Twitter feed and you can find, you know, like <laughs> you can find do... an answer. Okay. <laughs> like... So, so I have to say one of my hacks is I literally hack myself. So on, when I'm creating my newsletter, cause it is, I do include a lot of my, my top content on Twitter, right? Yeah. So what, I, what I'll end up doing is I'll do an advanced search with my handle 
mm-hmm. and just look at different topics. And that's yeah. literally, it, it takes a while actually, because it oh, turns yeah. out I tweet a lot, but yeah. it's, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm using my, yeah, my content to power my content engine. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's you, true. I mean, yeah, you, you have a lot, your content power is my thought process too. I'm like, Oh, you know, what a great idea. And I like send myself a message like, Oh yeah. Um, write about your thoughts about what she said. And then like, you know, it turns into this whole thing. And I'm like, that's great. Um, okay. So I just got, um, our land's book. I'm excited to read that. So, um, I think I saw the, it's about damn time. Um, mm-hmm. and I was excited to read that. And I saw that, um, you were doing the fundraise from scratch with her. So I think that's a really good, um, resource for people. And I can, um, I can put all of those links in the show notes too. Um, and so if anybody's interested in, in checking that out, um, and she also shares a ton of resources and I'm like, I love, um, basically how you're both kind of like, here's everything you need to do this. So mm-hmm. here you go, you know, Ho- hopefully you can, you know, continue with, um, th- to, to the people that are looking for this information, like, you still have to be, you know, passionate about what you're doing. You still have to, you know, but these are great resources to get you started and, um, and help you figure it out. And even all the way down to like how you write a cold letter or, you know, a cold, uh, email to somebody about pitching or how you do a pitch deck. I mean, you've got information for every stage. So it's like, um, just, subscribing to the newsletter, joining, um, Arlen's resource, uh, or, you know, the, the fundraise from scratch. Um, I think both of those would, would help founders, um, just getting started tremendously. And I have a lot of, a lot of founders that listen to the, um, podcast. Cause I always share like things I, you know, had going on too, um, as I was, as I was starting my startup. So, well, I'm um, so excited too, yeah. to hear about all your stories. Yes. And I mean, well, I was super excited to jump on the phone because yeah. I wanted to hear about your interaction with one of my tweets and, and yes. what happened from there. Because that to me, I mean, talk about what gets me excited about doing more <laughs> of what I do. And the answer is people like you, Janine. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Yeah. So, okay. You posted this tweet. It was in mid-April and I have it here. And it was like, Um, it said active early stage investors, share your deeds for founders to pitch you. And then a short little checklist. Um, and it had the stage thesis criteria, check size and contact. So I fill this out inside the thread and, um, and I, you know, I, I didn't know what to really expect. I was just like, okay, I'm just getting started here. I know what it is that I'm looking for, um, in a startup and a founder. And, um, and I saw this, I was like, right when I I was like, I'm just going to post this and see what happens. And I, I mean, next thing I knew I had close to like 30 or 40 pitches in my DMS from founders (laughs) looking for investment. And I was like, okay, this is cool because since I put exactly what it was that I was looking for, I had a lot of like very, you know, relevant, um, interest. And so it was so much fun. Uh, it was like over the next few days, um, after the kids went to bed, I would do bedtime. And then I'd like excitedly get on my laptop and read these emails and review pitch decks, um, from all kinds of different startups. And, um, it wasn't long ago when I was on this side of things. So I remember like that feeling of, um, when I was trying to get in contact with people and if they got back to me quickly, or if they, 
kind of strung it out for a while, you know? So I was like, really, um, I knew when I got these, these pitches in, I was like, I'm going to have to, you know, I want to make sure that, um, that I'm honest with them and say like, this isn't where I'm looking or, you know, just very Mm -hmm. candidly. Um, if it's a no, it's a no. And I think that there's a lot of value in just saying no, um, when, you know, for founders so that they could just move right on. And so I made sure to do that. Um, but then there were a few, I was like, I want to get on a video call and do a, you know, have a formal pitch. Like I want to find out, um, if this is something that I'm really interested in. And, uh, I got to one that I was like, really excited about, um, the, the founder I had seen before on, um, on Twitter. And I know that she was following me. Um, I didn't really know much else though about what she was working on. And so I got the pitch, um, the deck in in my email and this like super friendly email. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is totally the one. And I just knew it like right away. And I was like, this is going to be my, like my first big angel investment. And, um, so I was looking through it and I, I, my husband was there and I was like, Hey, check this out. And I'm like telling him all about it and showing it to him. And I just knew. Um, so then I, I met up with her and her name is Chrissy Cowdery and her startup is Stagger. And I knew from the get-go, like that she was someone that I wanted to work with. I was like her emails, her communication, um, her as a person, I was like, this is, this is exactly, um, the type of founder that I, I want to invest in and that I want to support and be behind and get excited about. And, and also the vision and the business, the model, the market, like everything, it was like everything I was looking for. And within two weeks, um, we had a couple meetings and I wrote my first check and I became an investor of her company stagger. So it was all because of that tweet. And I was so excited. I wanted to tell you about that. Well, I am, I, I know you can't see me grinning right now, but yes. I am beyond excited to hear this story because yes. talk about, you know, we full circle, right? We started the mm-hmm. conversation with the Kaufman fellows, uh, numbers in terms of who gets funded and who doesn't. And here we have a woman investor investing in a woman led and founded startup. That to me is just accomplishing part of my mission. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I told, um, Chrissy that, you know, it was all because of this tweet and we were both, I was like, I wonder if I could chat with her about this and tell her because I was so excited. And she's like on board, you know, wants to totally, um, on the second half of this podcast, I'm going to have her come on and, and talk about the company and, um, and how it was on her side of things to see, you know, that, um, that tweet and talk about it, um, how, you know, if she had any other reactions or any other interest. Um, and I'd love to hear about that too, because I know she's actively raising right now. And right before, um, right before I signed somebody else, um, sent in a term sheet too. And she has like seven other, and we're all women, um, investing in her company. Yeah. So it's wonderful. It's like, everyone on, yeah, on the cap table right now are, um, either former founders or current, um, angels, um, you know, and we're all just, all just in it together. And I'm like, this is the perfect thing for, um, for her and, and me, you know, so. Well, I can't wait to hear the second part of this because I, I want to hear So I got some feedback 
on the founder and the investor side. So I had mm-hmm. VCs from big funds like Flybridge mm-hmm. uh, and then angels as well that were saying, oh my goodness, I didn't realize this, but your tweet literally just got me, like you said, 30 to even 60 yeah. pitch decks. And yeah. I'm reviewing them. And on the other side, I also had founders say, I have, there's one founder, I think I retweeted it. And at the time, like day one, he had um, five meetings that he set up just wow. based on this threat. Yeah. And to me, that's just like amazing to hear technology can can be this democratizing tool and allow yes. us to highlight amazing people who have the resources, the capital and want to become the, those check writers. And then also the the founders that may be otherwise overlooked by a homogeneous pattern matching mm-hmm. old school way of thinking. And that is just so exciting. And in fact, I will tell you, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but the, the startup uh, fund matching tool or the startup investor matching tool, mm-hmm. the reason why that even happened was because of this tweet because I got all this feedback that I said, there's something here. And I know there's a problem. One of the biggest problems is founders don't know what investors to pitch. Mm -hmm. And then then investors sometimes are really ambiguous about what Mm -hmm. they look at and what they don't. And so I'm trying to fill that gap to to increase the number of of check size that are written for underestimated founders. And I'll tell you why, because I I think it's really important to, to talk about why, why do it this way? Why have it so open-ended? Because I'll tell you, traditional uh, folks in the, in the investment community will say, well, any good deal flow will not come from any social media or cold email or whatnot. Um, but you could see, you know, progressive funds like Hustle Fund. I talked to mm-hmm. Elizabeth and I know she also tweeted about how a certain percentage of her deal flow comes from Twitter, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, there's investors. But a lot of the folks in the industry kind of frown upon it. They're like, oh, if it, it has, there has to be some FOMO and someone has mm-hmm. to have jumped on it like a Sequoia or something for, for people to like it. But honestly, I think that there's uh, people, founders that are being overlooked because mm-hmm. think about it. If you come from an underestimated background, here's, here's some of the trends that I've seen from working at Backstage, from being a person of color, just in general. Underestimated folks, we are scrappy. We get done Mm -hmm. more with less. We are gritty. We're not Mm -hmm. fearful of like overcoming obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. And there's, there's almost like we have um, a fire inside of us, something to prove that keeps us going even in the worst of days, because as we know, startups, and even on the investor side, if you're an emerging fund manager uh, or a person of color in in the investment world, it is a roller coaster ride that you need to be, you know, you, you need to hold on for a wild ride. And I just think that the grit, the scrappiness, and the fire that we have is what will eventually show and prove that that we're able to survive and thrive beyond what we've seen in the past. And I'm just excited to to watch it all happen within the ecosystem and to do it together, honestly. Yeah. I think you are definitely forging a path for this because this is something that um, is is so needed. And people look up to you and not just the founders, but the investors too. And so I think that's, that's so cool um, that you're using your platform and your voice to be able to support. And, um, and I mean, you're passionate about it. You know, you're not just like, 
throwing in a tweet every now and then. No, this is your, you know, <laughs> this is this is your 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 bio, you know, your it's MO. It's like it's you. Yeah. yeah. And I love it. It's just, it is like it, it's intoxicating. You know, I love it. I'm like, this is wonderful. Um, just to see someone else, um, or someone in this industry, um, caring that much and, and putting it out there for everyone. Um, I'm just like, I'm so happy that Twitter is this place that we can, um, we can all, well, then I saw just today that, that now there's like this only reply, um, only allow people to reply to, um, your posts. If you click, like you only want people that follow you to reply. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) don't make it too exclusive. Like that's not the point of Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) That's like a new feature that just started today. And I was like, no, it's going to be clubhouse. And so I I know (laughs) that's, that's what came to mind. And by the way, I, I'm not like the biggest fan of clubhouse because it's like everything that I'm trying to work against this whole exclusive, you know, whatever, you know what there's no, no, I know. I know. And that's how I felt. I was like, this looks very eerily similar to, um, what's going on right now. And all of this exclusive when, when I'm, um, just like starting to see so much movement in making everything inclusive and that's what we should be doing. So I am, I'm so happy to, um, have talked with you and and hear your story and, tell you about what you did, um, you know, for, for me and Chrissy both. And, um, I'm excited to have you kind of follow along and see, um, how, how it goes. Um, and also to hopefully hear other stories from other people that are getting, um, you know, either checks or new investment opportunities, um, from, from your resources. So, Thank you so much for, for everything you're doing. And I wish that you were around when I was fundraising and maybe it would have worked. I failed at fundraising, um, after 82 meetings. So (laughs) I'm like, it was, it was hard. And, um, I think that what you're doing is going to help a lot of people that otherwise would not have been able to get in front of, um, get in front of investors. So, well, it's already happened. You're, you're proving, you're proving my hypothesis. So, so again, thank you. Thank you for having me. I can't wait. Actually, you've inspired me to go back to all those people who tweeted and replied and asked them for the outcomes yeah. because I have gotten these sprinkled emails and I haven't done much with it. Yeah. Um, but I think it'll be really interesting for the ecosystem to know like, hey, it actually does work and you mm-hmm. should just go put yourself out there and ask for what you need mm-hmm. and and let the community support you. Yeah, well, I, I, I'd love to stay in touch, Janine, and I'm excited to hear the second part of this uh, podcast episode. And as you know, you can find me on Twitter anytime. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Um, just where would you like our, um, where can we find you online? Yeah. I mean, Twitter's probably the best place. I'm at Lolita Taub. And of course, you know, for, for founders or even investors who are really curious about what's going on in the ecosystem, who want to get nuggets of information in a way that's easily consumable and in layman terms, I definitely recommend checking out my newsletter. And uh, if you're looking for investment, I'm also open to reviewing companies for investment consideration. Um, I think, Janine, you're going to be sharing some of these links, but happy to be happy to be of help 
in whatever way I can. Um, and again, thank you for putting this together and congrats. And I can't wait to see what comes next. Great. Thank you so much for being on. All right. Great. So for the second half of this episode, I have with me uh, a new friend and I'm so excited uh, for everyone to meet you. So Chrissy, can you introduce yourself, please? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Chrissy Cowdery, and I am the CEO and founder of Stagger. And I have been designing for about 15 years, product designer. I've been, you know, on both sides of the desk from both in-house and then on the consultancy side and working with brands like uh, Logitech, Frog, USAA, and now have kind of ventured into doing Stagger full-time, which is, um, you know, my, my own product that I've been focusing on. Awesome. So is this your first time being a founder? Yeah. First time founder. Um, I would say that I have, uh, you know, run my own business uh, from a consultancy standpoint from like in my agency, uh, and doing, you know, what I do best doing, building interactive experiences for clients. And I did that for a number of years, had some designers work for me. And, but this is the first time that I'm actually making a product from, scratch for myself to launch into the space for other people to use. So I would consider myself a first-time founder in this in this instance. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Everything I do is uh, like on my own personal um, brand and accounts and all that is always to, to help first-time founders since I just was one too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that. And, um, and so, okay, I want to talk about how we got um, connected and what, um, what I brought you on here to talk about. So- yeah. Um, okay. So first tell me about, um, in the first half of this episode, I was talking to Lolita and, um, and told her all about how I found, um, her tweet. I wrote, you know, I, I made this, um, post to kind of like, hopefully get a little bit of, uh, a little feedback and get some people, um, kind of sharing with me what they're working on so that I can see where I can help and be involved. And so, um, I'd love to hear about how you discovered this tweet and what, um, what kind of came of it on your side of things? Yeah. So for, uh, I think it's been coined that it's like Lolita as a service, right. For uh, the female founders and all of the founders in general who are kind of underrepresented in the space have really started to follow her and use her as a resource. And, you know, I was, before we were doing this podcast, I was trying to think, how did I, Twitter has kind of gone in and out of my my toolbox of tools to stay connected to the world. But as I started to raise and build Stagger, um, Twitter became kind of this really good resource in the VC world. And so somehow I started following Lolita and I have just been favoriting all of her tweets, right? I just, it's like an arsenal of information for me. And then she did that tweet about, I don't know, it was about a month ago, I think around, Hey, if you're um, if you're an angel investor and you're actively investing, you write out your criteria here. And I thought, wow, what a great opportunity for us to kind of us being founders to kind of go through and see who really fits the mark of you know what what they invest in does it match? And so I was really watching everything, and I think you were actually a late addition. I think you didn't actually reply for maybe a week or so, and I just happened to see your reply because I had already been following you. And, um, I thought, well, I'm really attracted to having conversations with females and female angel investors, because I, there's really a space where people are getting, um, 
really jazzed up and really wanting to support other female founders. And that's kind of been my, my approach, right? So I, I reached out and I kind of did some background on you and I saw that you were in the legal tech space and I happened to have some background in legal tech and designing product. And, you know, um, I always really like to tailor my communication to people. I don't just copy and paste and say, you know, give them the, the boilerplate copy. I always try to, um, you know, do my deep dive, make it personable so that there's something that, uh, you know, we create, we start to create empathy for each other. You responded right away and you got the space. And I think you were probably, and I think I've told you this, you're probably the first one that says, yes, I get it. I know what you're building. I know why you're building it. And you are actually one of our kind of target markets or target customers that we are wanting to like really cater towards. And so, um, you know, you talk about in your, in the first part, it was, uh, you responded to the email. We had a couple conversations. I think I had bad internet the first time. Um, and I think we just really hit it off. And I really just love that you are really involved in the marketing of your own company and you can really see the benefit of this. And I think from an angel investment standpoint, it's a lot of betting on the jockey and not the horse at this stage. And so really finding people who are really confident and me as a founder and my experience, I think you and I connected really, really quick on that. And I was just so excited to have you kind of, you know, posing the questions that you were posing to me before you wanted to give me a yes. And um, I thought, okay, like she's invested, she gets it. And it was, it's been really exciting ever since. Yeah. And I completely agree. I feel like um, I, I said this earlier that when, when you were communicating with me just through, um, you know, both the DMS and Twitter and on um, in email, I was like, this is someone that, I mean, I was like, so much like me, like someone that, um, that like that passion and hustle and like, you know, but personality, um, you know, really shine through in your, in, um, all of your communication. I'm not like patting myself on the back here, but it was funny <laughs> because, um, I was sharing your, your update, um, which I want to talk about here in a minute too, but, um, your like investor update with my husband and he's like, you could have written this. This is like exactly the way that you, you know, were, were, um, raising as well. And it was just so cool to, um, find someone that I was like uh, deeply connected with right away. And I was like, yeah, and not just the, um, the product, but you as a founder. So I'm yeah. really excited. Um, yeah. and yeah, so I want to talk about, let's, um, first I want to ask about how fundraising has been going in general and like, um, how you got started in this, like your startup story and why. Um, and then I want you to, do pitch, um, a pitch okay. for stagger. Okay. And then we can talk about, um, a couple other things. So, okay. So I'll start with where stagger started from, right? Because that'll dovetail right into how the fundraising has been going. Um, I, so as I said, I'm a designer by trade and then a traveler by passion. And then when you put those two together, you get a storyteller. And so uh, Stagger was actually built out of a problem that I was trying to solve for myself last year when I was traveling in Budapest. And the only way that I usually tell my story, and I'm doing air quotes here on video, is uh, on my Instagram. And it's the only time I really post on Instagram. I just like to post my travels. And I was on this particular trip and wanted to do something different. And it was just kind of it spawned from being really inspired by the city of Budapest. It's really beautiful. It's very, there's a lot of history to it. 
And I wanted to post my pictures in a way that as you're, I wanted you to walk through the day with me and I wanted it to be like a, like a collage. So, and as you're scrolling, I wanted to reveal and I just wanted it to be different. So as I'm walking around the city, I'm getting these visions of how I want to do this. So I go back to my Airbnb that night and I sit down and I do, uh, I do something that I don't really do a whole lot, but I went into Photoshop. Photoshop's really not my tool anymore. I use Sketch. But I went into Photoshop and I laid out this grid. And I remember having to use brain power of like, okay, how big is the canvas? How many slides do I want to do in Instagram? And I had to do the guides. And then I had to airdrop the pictures from my phone to my computer, lay it out, cut it up, airdrop it back to my phone. I mean, it was this long, arduous process that me as a designer who knows all the tools really well, um, you know, pretty good with technology. I, it took me an hour and I felt like that was a really long time to do something so simple. So um, as a storyteller, there's a really magical moment that when people start to read your story or look at it, that they react and they have kind of either a visceral reaction or just an emotional reaction. And so when I posted it to Instagram, I had a lot of people say, you know, send me a message. How did you do that? What was the app that you used? And when I kept saying over and over, like, there's not an app, I did it, I did it by hand, I started to hear this problem. And, you know, as a, as a designer, you start to listen all the time for problems that users are having. And so the problem that I heard was, oh, people don't have a really engaging way to tell their story on Instagram. They select a bunch of images and you just kind of scroll through and you may not even, you know, be engaged. You're just scrolling because that's what we're used to doing as humans these days in 2020. And so I thought, well... Maybe I'll go home and, you know, build my own app to do this. And so I did that. I came home and I went heads down for about two weeks and just was uh, furious about it, like furiously working, just like heads down, completely passionate about it, building prototypes, taking it into work. Um, I worked at a legal tech company at this point and I'm taking it and I'm like uh, secretly showing it to my friends and like, having them user tested and getting their feedback and yeah. Uh, paying people Amazon gift cards to give me $50 or 50 minutes of their time to go through it and really treating it like a project. And um, I hired a, a dev team to, to build it out for me. And it was kind of one of those things like, oh, do I want to spend the money to do this? Is this really going to be something? Mm -hmm. Is it really worth the chunk of time? And uh, I thought, eh, why not? Let's just do it. Yeah. And uh, so I launched it in July of last year of 2019. And I had a big launch party for it here in Austin. So I rented this, um, this hostel and uh, invited some influencers here in Austin and had them promote it. And we had, you know, 300 people come and it really helped, helped Stagger kind of get into the hands and the eyes of other people. So small businesses started to use it. And when small businesses started to use it, I started to hear feedback from them, like, hey, Chrissy, this is a really great app. We're getting tons of engagement. Our engagement is increasing. Um, can you help us tell our story? Can you help us with our, with our brand? And then again, I started to hear another problem of, oh, okay, well, small businesses don't have a way to see if the story that they're telling is working. Is it effective? And most of these small businesses don't have really big budgets to go out and hire an agency or a freelancer like paying my rates. Um, so they need a tool to, to help do that. And that's where I heard, okay, 
I think I can blow this up into a bigger project to attract a, you know, a bigger audience and have more impact on small businesses and business owners to, um, you know, really make a difference in visual storytelling. And so that's where we are today. And then I have been really fortunate to be surrounded by really smart people who have either um, done a startup of their own or, you know, have gone through the fundraising process. So I had some people to kind of lean on and say, mm-hmm. like, how do I get started about this? Do I want to go into venture? Do I want to just, you know, keep bootstrapping this? And um, I started in December of last year of 2019, starting to fundraise. And so there was a lot of how do I build my deck? How do I tell my story? And I just really relied on my network to help me do this. Um, And so January is when, you know, nobody's doing business in December. Everyone's like, mm-hmm. we're not taking any, any more meetings, pencils down. We are, you know, connected yeah. next year. So January, I started hitting the ground running and started to, um, you know, pitch mostly people that I knew. And um, I didn't have a network of VCs. And so it was kind of, and I think that's where Twitter really started to come in, in handy, right? There are a lot of people who talk about the VC world. I think I started following VC as a, as a topic. And I started to learn the language and I started to kind of, um, you know, learn best tips and best practices. And as I started pitching, of course, I got a ton of no's, right? But with every single no, I learned something from whether it was a question that I was getting asked that I didn't know how to answer. And so I would remember that and then remember my answer or put it in the deck or, you know, whatever it was. But I learned something with every single no. And um, before I knew it, I was, I, you know, I tweaked my deck one last time from some really great feedback from um, an advisor of mine. And I got our first angel investor and she was actually a past CEO of mine, like first job out of college and female, super powerful. And uh, her name's Nada Usina. And um, she was like, Chrissy, I know your work ethic. I know your grit. I'm happy to you know, be, be in on this with you. And she was kind of the first one that broke the ground for me to say, oh, okay, someone really believes in this. Here's some money that I can start to go build this with. Let's go do this. So I started to close a little bit here and there, right, for, from angel investments. And then um, COVID hit. So that's like mid-February-ish. And I started to kind of see the... Um, the the economy start to tank just a little bit, right? I was actually talking with um, an angel investor and she said, oh, you know, if I didn't see my stock market just kind of go down today, you know, we could have been having a different conversation. So this was the first time I started to see like, oh, okay, something's happening. There's an impact. And so from that point on, March hit. And then um, all of the VC conversations that I had been having they really slowed down. Email stopped being answered. Um, and then we just started hearing like, you're too early, you're too early, you're too early. So that's where I started to think, okay, well, I think angel investments are probably the, the way to go here. They, um, they, they tend to not really need to see traction right away, or they're not too worried about that right now. Again, you know, betting on the jockey and not the horse. And so that's where Lolita and her her tweet and some other people have really just come in handy to really use them as a resource and, and use them as connections in the space. Yeah. What yeah. a great story. <laughs> uh, I, I love all of that because there's just so much there with um, 
having to learn all of this on your own and from scratch. I mean, that's a lot of uh, my listeners, you know, I, I always talk about how to build a pitch deck and how to, you know, talk to angels. And one thing I was so impressed with um, when I, when you pitched me, I was just like, oh, wow, this is, uh, you know, a girl that knows her stuff, knows the lingo, knows how to ask um, so many people just kind of tiptoe around what they need. You know, they're like, well, I, I want to pick your brain. I kind of have a couple questions. And I've heard, you know, when I was raising, it was like, if you want money, ask for advice. If you want advice, ask for money. And so it was like, you know, and, and I actually saw that kind of uh, the reality of that sometimes, but I am like, as a former founder and, you know, a new angel, I'm like, I just want to know what is it that you need? How much are you looking for? How does this, you know, what's the term? What, what are the terms? And I, that was always something though, that I struggled with as a founder. I was like, Oh, I don't know how to say like, this is the time. And, um, this is why now. And I think like, I was really impressed when, um, when you came and you were like, okay, so how much are you in for? And it was just, you know, you were just straight to the, and I'm like, this is great. This is exactly who you want to invest in as someone who knows and is confident in the product in the, the, you know, um, space, the market, the, um, the rest of the team. And I was just, yeah, I was really impressed with that. So, and I think that was, that's a, that's an artifact of, again, having, of reading a lot of like, do this and don't do that. And what I really appreciated about you in the very beginning was I know as a former founder that uh, getting to a yes or a no is really, really important. And I really respected that about you. And it wasn't a, you know, let me look and I'll think about it. And it was like, I'll get back in touch with you by next week. And it was clear, straight deadlines. And I knew that um, wherever it went, I knew that I could count on you for your word, which is really important to me. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, just being able to be straight. I mean, there's a lot of times where I'm like sweating when I'm asking that question, like, so how much do I count count on you for? You know, like it's not a comfortable question to ask, but I, you know, let's just get down to it. But, and it's, it's so different now too. I see it as, um, it's an opportunity and that's what, as a founder, you have to remember is like, this is an opportunity for that person to get in on what I'm doing and not like, a, a like, you know, I'm asking for something that, you know, I, I should be nervous about. And that's where I was always at. I'm like, Oh, I don't know. This is, yeah. And it makes you nervous. It's not a comfortable question, but when you can be like, I am confident in this. And if you want to come in with me, this is where I'm going to take it. And so I, I felt that even though you were nervous, (laughs) I still felt like I want to get on this ride. And I think that's so cool. Um, now you kind of pitched through the whole um, conversation there, you know, of your story and told us what um, what Stagger is, where it came from, and why um, why you're building it. But um, I'd love to hear more about the the business side and you know the um, what business owners like some of the um, the features that you know will help um, business owners and small businesses be able to tell their story more effectively. Yep. So I think that. There are a lot of tools out there, and this has gone from the research that I did before I started building. There are a lot of tools that small business owners like yourself, right, have been using to really get their creative out in the space. It's a really cost-effective way for them to drag and drop logos or photos into some templates 
export it, put it into the social media spaces or their website and call it a day. You know, they check that box and then they go focus on other things. Um, but where we, where we really saw something missing is that you actually don't know how those templates are performing. You don't know that if you're, if you're telling the right story. Um, something that I started to notice a couple of weeks ago was I'm on social media and I'm scrolling through my feed and I see a gym use this kind of abstract image uh, to announce that they're opening soon. And it's, you know, it's very pretty. It's very pastel-y. And then I see a direct-to-consumer brand use the exact same template announcing a product for them. And I think, wow, these two brands are just could not be more different in the space, but they're using the exact same template. I can guarantee one is performing better than the other, and they just don't know. They're just kind of using some creative that visually looks really great to them. Um, so how can we start to surface insights to these business owners and saying, hey, this is telling the right story? Or, hey, this is missing the mark. No one is engaging with this. Mm -hmm. And start to educate them on telling their story. Um, there's also a, you know, a formula on how to tell your story. And it's called the story spine. Are you familiar with story spine? I'm not. No. So it's you know something that maybe movie makers use, like Pixar uses it. Uh, you can go and Google it after this. But yeah. it's, a, it's a, like a seven or eight frame. So if I started off with, once upon a time, there was a boy who had a bunch of toys in his room. And one day, one of those toys came to life and they started talking. You know, there's this like engaging story. Mm -hmm. and you can you can guess the movie. You have kids that I'm mm -hmm. that I'm talking about right now. Right. It's Toy Story. <laughs> yes. um, but there's a there's a formula to start to engage your user user or your reader. Um, evoke emotion, have them feel a certain way, and then have this kind of loyalty to the story that you're telling in the brand. So there's this, um, you know, stagger is this stitched together creative, whereas you're scrolling frame by frame, or if you're clicking frame by frame, it really starts to reveal, you know, the story that you're trying to tell. And, you know, from the world of inundated imagery that we are, or video that we're getting consumed by as, as users, how do you stand out in your crowd of competitors? And so that's where we're really starting to um, break away from the other kind of digital content creator tools is we'll give you these really great story templates to make sure that you're telling the right story. You can tell your own, um, here's a formula how to do it. Uh, we'll surface the data and the insights. And then there's also some things that we want to help you build your brand. So we know that not everyone can go and hire the agency, like I said before. So uh, we'll be using machine learning to say, all right, Janine, we see that next chapter is using this type of imagery every single time you create a story. Here's some imagery that will help support that. It's pretty similar. Or here's some fonts that help, you know, really relate to your brand. Um, you know, we'll give you little nudges of content that might help you tell your story better because we're listening and we're teach we're feeding the machine with the the insights that we know will tell that great story. And you can say yay or nay. And as you say yes, we'll start, we'll continue to learn. As you say, nope, that doesn't look anything like what I want to be using, we'll start to teach the machine, like, do not feed that to her again because it's not, it's not uh, valuable. So helping them not only tell the story, but build their brand on top of that. So they're really confident knowing that whatever they're putting into their story is working. And we're, and then again, surfacing the data to say like, yes, or thumbs down. No. Yeah. That's what I really love because as a 
founder, marketing enthusiast, you know, I, I am a creative. I don't know how to do as much um, of it on my own, but I have like the idea for it. And even just before this call, I was um, talking with one of my team members about, um, about a new product launch that we have coming up soon. And I was like, you know, I really liked the way that, um, I don't like the new Twitter feature, but I do like the way that they, um, that they, told the story about how, you know, what it's going to be used for in the, they put the use case in a video. And Mm -hmm. so I was talking about um, storyboarding and I was like, let's like, we need to storyboard our product um, release. And so that we can explain to all of our users, like why we built it, what it's for and flat out, even just say, you know, concise and simple, like this is what it is and why we're doing it. And, um, in a 30 second video. And so I was talking to my team about how to storyboard that. And I was like, I legit get in and sketch it out and come up with, um, you know, all of the, the like slides of what it would look like. And then, you know, have an actual video, um, editor or, you know, someone who, who's a lot better at, um, the creative video process to, to create that. And so, yeah, I was attracted to this from the get-go because I was like, as a creative person and like someone who really enjoys that process. Um, I love, like, I would be a superpower user of this and I love the idea. Um, because I also don't have to be an actual designer to know how to use like Figma and sketch and, you know, Photoshop. Um, and, but then I also see the total benefit of the people that want to like build their brand and make these beautiful images and create or, you know, um, create a story, um, around their whole entire, their, their brand and their idea, but they just have no, I, they don't know what to do. Um, and so tools like this can allow them to come in as a, you know, complete novice and say, here's, you know, and, and you're saying, this is what performs well, um, what, in what you've already done. And here's how you can, um, continue to, to, you know, collect, um, the, the engagement from all of the users, um, and, and your audience and, and maybe suggest ways to even make it more, um, engaging and, and even better. And I think that's really cool because you test a lot of things, you know, you try out, you're like, do I want to put a human in this picture or it, should it just be like, a, you know, a graphic, um, or maybe like a chart or, you know, just to see what colors work, what, um, you know, what are people like stopping to look at? And it's not going away. Like it, social media in general, um, the media as a whole is like growing even more. I think people are becoming media companies, like influencers and not just that, but you know, a, a person, um, like me, I don't, I'm not a, an influencer, but I am a, a brand. Like I have my personal brand and you know, that's a media company. It's like, totally. and these tools can, can help you really not just like look pretty, but you know, to be able to like engage and communicate with the audience even more and, um, and talk to, you know, what it is they're, they're looking for. And I, yeah, think- and, I and I think with what's happening with COVID right now and with so many small businesses who are having to pivot and, and figure things out and say, okay, well, my brick and mortar is closed right now. So how am I going to use this, my, my social media and how am I going to use my Shopify or my e-commerce website to um, really start to engage the customers? Because no longer are people walking through the door. Well, right now, yeah. right? They're not walking through the door. You can't have that human conversation with them, mm-hmm. hear what they want, 
talk to them. And so how can you tell your story or get them engaged in a way that when they walk through your social media, it's almost like mm-hmm. walking through your store at the same time, yeah. getting that same feeling. So there's, um, you know, COVID has had an impact. There's also going to be like every single business owner that starts up their business. You can guarantee that somewhere in this conversation of tools is, um, okay, well, I got to get my social media set up and I got to get my website mm-hmm. set up. So there's, you're right. It's not, it's absolutely not going away. So what tools can we put in their hands to get them set up really quick and then have it kind of, you know, be cost efficient for everyone too. And not having yeah. to hire the, the really big agencies to get them off, off the ground. Yeah. And I think that a lot of agencies could use this as a way to make their brands um, stand out. You know, that's something too. I'm like, and, and not even just, um, I mean, you can create your own templates and then evaluate. So you're not getting, um, you know, you're not getting the, you're not using the same thing that, that you've seen, um, or that somebody else is. It's like, totally custom and then being able to evaluate how it's performing and, and what, um, people are seeing and how they're reacting to it is really cool. So, yeah. So, okay. Um, let's talk about, um, what's next and what you're excited about right now. Yeah. So we are a few weeks out from opening our private beta. So we have a a long list of people who have been signing up and, you know, wanting to find out more. And we have been also turning some of those people into customers and and testing out, like you said, templates that work for them or not working for them. Right. We actually have some that are like, this is not working. Can we pivot and do something else with our templates? Mm -hmm. So we're, we're gaining some insights from, from existing users. And so what we're really focused on, so there's, it's a team of three right now. So it's myself and then two female engineers, and we're building this product from the ground up. And so we are scheduled to release kind of uh, private beta middle of June. And this is where we'll start to get a lot of, um, a lot of feedback, a lot of hopefully with the traction. We are starting to user test right now with some people who are designers, who are not designers phone businesses. We want to start to get just all uh, spectrum of users start to use this before we open it up. Um, and then from there, we will we'll continue to keep going heads down and making sure that all the feedback that we're getting, we're refining. Um, you know, that's the beauty of product is constantly refined, constantly refined. Um, we, I am still fundraising and it's still, you know, a slow process. And I think that we have enough runway to keep going and um, to keep building. So it's, you know, juggling a bunch of different managing product and then fundraising at the same time. You as a founder know Mm -hmm. that it can be really stressful and how you really uh, structure your time. And I would say about 70% of my time is fundraising. And then 30% of my time is making sure that product is like on track going my developers are so good and they really, they know the vision. So it's, um, very little handholding. So at this point it's running user tests and making sure that what we're building is user-friendly for everybody else. And what I'm really excited about is getting more people onto the platform, continuing to build out the feature set and, you know, um, using people like yourself. So we have angel investors who are really strategic in different ways. And what I'm really excited about partnering with you on is how to announce this, right? I think you you uh, you posted a tweet this morning about uh, a web designer, I think you follow, and he yes. announced something new. And I thought, yeah, he, and you posted the recipe. This is what you need. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And I thought, 
all right, Janine's my go-to girl when I'm getting ready to announce this. How are we going to do this in a really big way? Um, mm -hmm. So that's what I'm really excited about partnering with you on. And that's got to be my next big focus of how do we launch this in a, in a way that, you know, we're going to be successful. Yeah. I love product launch. I love <laughs> the marketing around it. I love like everything that has to do with um, event launches, product launches. I thought, yeah, John uh, D. Saunders is the designer who right. posted that. I've been following him and he is just rocking it. It's like um, right when I first started following him, he started um, blackillustrations.com and it's a great place for designers to find, yeah, like free um, graphics of black illustrations. And it's like perfect we use them at next chapter now on, um, you know, throughout the site and it just like gives it so much more personality and realistic, you know, diversity. And yeah. So, um, anyway, he, he just launched a new product. Um, I was like, what a fun way to do it. Like <laughs> yeah. I've never seen him talk. And so having that video there, um, really gave personality to the, the tweets that you usually see people in. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's really cool to kind of come up with new fun ways to do these things. I'm excited. I'm excited to be a part of it and to see your enthusiasm for the product and the team and everything. I'm, um, looking forward to seeing how much more you can do like once fundraising is over, because I know how that is. It's like, it takes up so much time. And once you can finally like set it down and be like, all right, let's go. Um, it really feels like, oh, like a weight's been lifted. So yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. ready to focus on product and yes. not worry about, um, you know, term sheets at this point. Yes. Oh, I know. And the legal stuff gets so boring too. When you're like, I'm actually building something sweet. I don't want to like look <laughs> at legal documents all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell us how, um, if anyone's in interested in investing, how can they see your, your pitch deck? How can they get in touch with you? Absolutely. Uh, the best way to do that is email me and you and I have talked before. So we're both inbox zero people. So we're yeah. on top of our email it won't get lost. You can email me at Chrissy, C-H-R-I-S-S-Y at stagger.it. Um, email is the best way. If you wanted to reach me on Twitter, I check my DMs as well. It's uh, at C-Cowdrey, C-O-W-D-R-E-Y. Um, I'm happy to send over the pitch deck, go through it that way and um, you know, start any conversations from, from there. Great. I will link all of this in the show notes too. So if you're listening and you're interested and you just want to, you know, dig right in, um, I will have all of the the links there. So thanks so much for being on. Hi, I'm so you. excited to be able to highlight your story and Lolita's and like bring it all together Our like full story. circle. Yes. Our it's story. everyone. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you want to use any of the tools or resources I mentioned in this episode, visit the show notes for links and subscribe to the podcast She Starts Up to stay in the loop and visit my website, monamijanine.com to sign up for my weekly newsletter. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, let's start up.